This is an RNZ podcast. They say it takes a village to raise a child. I'm Lynn Freeman, and here we draw on my conversations with experts on Nine to Noon to help you navigate family life. Next, why listening to children is a key skill for parents. My guest is education consultant and parenting coach Joseph Dreesen, who says sometimes parents need to stop talking, open their ears, and employ reflective listening in order to help children express themselves and solve problems. Kia ora, Joseph. Kia ora, Lynn. How are you? I'm nice well, to be here. Well, thank you so much. Now, you call this reflective listening. Could you define that for us, first of all? Yes. Now, reflective listening is reflecting back to to the speaker what they're saying to actually zip up your own mouth and control your own reactions trying to interact and just actually be a platform where you just allow the person to speak and to explore themselves what they're really saying and meaning and to really be a true listener. The reflective means I reflect back to you what you're saying to make you val- to validate what you are and who you what you are trying to say and how you feel. And so it's not sort of what can be a sort of a common interaction in families where a child says something and the parent reacts either uh, anxiously or frustrated and just cut it short and moves on. Uh, It's a much more skillful and patient way of listening. And is it a skill that anyone can learn? Yeah, it is. It, it, It takes a little bit of practice because it's our own emotions which immediately are aroused by when our child talks to us. So I'll use an example for this program, say of a 14-year-old girl who is embroiled in a dispute with her friends and it's affecting her and her schoolwork. So when she comes in and slams the door and, and says, you know, I can't stand so-and-so, you know, I'm sick of it, etc., our emotions are aroused. Our anxiety rises in our, in our psyche and we immediately start to... Uh, help this person and 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 direct our questions and and say well maybe you should just be a bit more patient etc. But actually that's very unhelpful and you can f- uh, learn a new set of techniques to help you to actually unpack the conversation in a much more skillful way. I guess some people will do this naturally, but many yeah. don't. Yeah. Yeah, correct, Lynn. Some people will do this naturally. Some some people are very good at it, and and other people actually, they from their family culture, they don't realise they haven't got these skills, and 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 it's not that hard to learn. Well, talk us through the skill set. Right. Well, the first thing is that you you gonna you're gonna stop talking. You're not going to give advice. You're not going to interrupt. You're just going to control yourself. You're going to zip your mouth up. You're going to sit down as a more of a professional listener and you want to hear the whole story. It becomes a detective story and you allow the child to talk. And the way to do this is to is to there are some simple techniques. The first technique is that you, you sit down and you think to yourself, let's become a little bit more professional and, and detached from my child and let's just allow the child to say and then later on, I can have my piece. So you, you, your attitude is of, I'm going to become a professional listener. And then what you do, the technique is very, very simple. You just, the child says something and instead of reacting, you just repeat it to them. So they might say, well, I'm sick of, I'm sick of my friend. I'm, uh, you know, I, I can't stand Amelia or whatever it is. And, uh, and that's it. And then, 
instead of reacting, you just say it. You repeat it back. You reflect it. You say, so you don't like Amelia anymore? And then you might say, yes, no, I can't, I can't stand her at all. And at all? You just repeat it at all, really? And what does that mean? And so she then unpacks it. And then she says, well, et cetera, et cetera. She talks. And then if you want, if it stops, you say, because? So you're just interrogating her in a sympathetic but calm way. So you repeat it. And you say words like because, so so you're offside with Amelia because she gave you the cold shoulder, and and then the child unpacks it. As you're doing this, the child feels more and more relaxed because she anticipates your reactions, but she's not getting any except just a very calm empathy. So the first technique is to repeat the words and to say and 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 because and to keep it going and realizing that the often the most valuable information of the story come out last so you're just patiently fishing for it and as the child feels you're not reacting they become more at peace so that's the first thing can i just just to interrupt there sorry yeah, i'm not sure i'm not doing my sure. reflective listening am i <laughs> no no you are um, you are but when so you're tell when, me. when you're summarizing i just thought about this if you have i mean kids say the craziest things so do grown-ups so they may say something you know quite poisonous or outrageous when you're summarizing it is it is it important for you to be accurate not to censor and not to edit but to oh, summarize accurately yeah, yeah? Absolutely, Lynn. Yeah, you're a great reflective listener. <laughs> uh, yeah, we can take up, we can put our spin on it, but and also we can short it or short circuit it. So you just got you got to repeat it. So you know you think she's a really bad. You know, actually, might she call something you don't want to repeat? You say you really think she's a horrible person. Is that is that what you're saying? So yes, you're trying to be as accurate as possible. And so the child feels that she is really hurt. Now, even though as an adult, you might think, well, this is not really a good way of talking or thinking. It's very immature. That's not the point at the moment. The point at the moment is to allow the child to explore themselves what they're saying. And so you like at the end of sort of the first part of the talk, and remember, this is just the first, you just do a little summary of it and say, so, you know, you and Amelia have fallen out because you feel that she's really disappointed you and uh, and, and, and and you don't want to have a relationship with him or is that, am I understanding you correctly? <clears throat> and when she says, yes, mum, that's right, the listener will be surprised and say, yes, that's exactly what I feel. So that's the first part. And this issue of feelings is crucial, isn't it? That you are reflecting back their feelings and responsive and asking about their feelings? Yeah. Now, that is a really important part, Lynn, about listening, is that to realize that all humans are actually governed by their feelings. And it's very important for some of my listeners to realize that maybe in their family culture or their workplace or their even gendered sort of uh, uh, environment, feelings can be forbidden or taboo or they frighten the listener. And so... Some people, I'm not saying many, but some people shut feelings down. So when the child is angry or outraged or impatient about what they're talking about, that's taboo. So you shut her down, thinking that is sort of a bad thing. But 
the realization that actually feelings are just are. They are very, very important that a child is allowed to have those feelings and, and to express them. So you say, so how do you feel about that, you know? How do you feel that you and Amelia have a falling out? Sometimes children will say, oh, nothing, you know, and that shows that the family culture hasn't encouraged this. But you say, well, nothing? Are you a little... And you can take a stab at it. Are you a little bit angry about it? angry she says you know and she goes on and saying she's furious etc and again as a parent you will react you think oh god you know she's really angry and i don't really want her you know because amelia's mum is my best friend so you become anxious and you say well you shouldn't feel like that that's not the way to go you say so you are feeling really angry and that validates her and also it helps her to to realize she is angry she might say well actually i'm more disappointed than angry often the listener will correct you and say no i'm not angry or disappointed i'm just and so she unpacks her own nuanced feelings life you understand her better and she understands herself better and so you are well on the way of, of enabling the child to move forward. So, yes. And so, again, you can summarize your feelings. You can say, well, so obviously you and Amelia had a bad falling out and you're disappointed about it and you're a bit angry. And, and your child will be so surprised. She'll be so happy. She says, yes, mum. And she'll be sitting there thinking, it's so good to be heard. Text in saying, great advice from this interviewee. So often as a teacher, I heard kids say that their parent just didn't listen to them and let them work things out without immediately jumping in with judgments and advice on what the child should do. And that comes to your next issue, I think, here, Joseph, which is rather than offering solutions, asking the child what options they see as yeah. possible solutions. Yeah, it's, that's right, Lynn. It's, that's exactly what the parent should do. It's important for us to realise why a parent does that. It is not because they're bad people. It's because their emotions are activated, their own anxiety and their own – and they can see they're more mature. They can see the outcome, what should happen, and they just say, well, here it is. Do it. And that's normal, logical, but it is not a very skillful process. It's much better to ask that person to go to discover that themselves. You can see that solution X is the best solution, but you can't impose that. It's much better that they go on a little journey and, and discover that themselves than they have buy-in. So as you say, Lynn, if you ask the person, your child, so, so where are you going to go next with, with Amelia? You know, well, what, what are some of your options about this? You'll be surprised how intelligent your child is. And she said, well, you know, I was thinking of writing her a note or writing her a letter and saying I don't want to have anything to do with her. And then the child might say, but, you know, I, I, I'm not sure whether that's really good, you know. And so, and, and so I'm not quite sure what to do. And so you can, instead of jumping in, you keep on saying, well, is there any other way you could do it? And, and then if that doesn't work, a really good way to do it is to say to the child, so, okay, so what advice would you give yourself? Now, that's a very powerful question. When you ask a child, what advice would you give yourself? You enable them to look at themselves in a slightly more detached way, to see themselves in their dilemma, and to actually see their own wisdom. 
they, they discover their own wisdom. And so she might all of a sudden say, well, I think the best thing I can do is to just stay friends with her and her friendship group, but realize that there are issues there and I just keep away from it emotionally. I just become a little bit more kind of detached from the group, but I, I will keep the peace. And you think, wow, that's great, you know, that is really good. She discovered this herself because you ask, what are your options and what advice would you give yourself? So that is a really, really poor, a really great thing to do. Just got a couple of minutes, Joseph, but I thought we might reflect on the fact that this reflective listening technique can be applied to other areas. So while we're talking about a parent or guardian or caregiver's relationship with a child, these are also skills that you can apply to your partners, your parents, perhaps your friends, even your workmates. Absolutely. These skills are just vital for the workplace, you know. Like I, 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 maybe I'm politically incorrect, you know, but, but no, I won't say this. But what I'm promising, you, with your partner, it's vital. Like, like if you can do this to your partner and they feel heard and they explore their own options, then you build up a huge amount of trust with them and an, and a, and an empathy and understanding. And then you can truly collaborate. If you really understand how they really feel and, and you listen to that, then you can collaborate. So you can do it at work as well. It's very powerful. The, mo- the most effective bosses, the most effective managers have these skills and they, they just allow their employees to talk and, 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 uh, and explain what they are. But um, there's one more thing because we've got to finish, don't we, Lynn, soon. And there's one more thing I, I didn't give you in your notes, but I just want to add before we finish. Is at the end of the conversation, um, often the parent does want some input and, and often the child actually really values it, you know. And, and so you're not entirely uh, a, a silent bystander, but because you've listened well, they are very receptive. And so what you can do then, you can say, well, you know, do you know what I think? And they say, well, what is that, mum? Because they feel you've listened and you think. I would always then, I advise the parents to reaffirm and reiterate what the child has come to. You might not think it's perfect, but it's a long way to the right direction. So you might say, well, I think you are, are really quite wise in, in doing this and, and, and you know never try and make you might and then you might add something to you you say an enemy once made is an enemy forever and so it's better to pay your cards a little bit calmly like you're suggesting and uh, and keep things cool and maybe bridges can be mended later so you do add your advice uh, but you do it in such a way that you affirm the child and then the pa- last part I suggest in families is that a hug and, and, and an affirmation and just a big kiss and a hug of your child and say, I'm really proud of you. You're just a wonderful child. That is usually a wonderful way to finish. And that's how we do it as adults with our friends. Thank you very much, Joseph. Joseph Dreesen, education consultant and parenting coach.